Welcome to Maker Mom, a podcast where I explore the stories of Maker Moms and the life they lead. Each week, I will bring you the behind-the-scenes story of a new Maker Mom. I'm Katie Freeman, a furniture designer and content creator running freemanfurnishings.com and your host of the Maker Mom podcast. You can find Maker Moms hanging out in the Facebook community at Maker Moms and on the web at MakerMomPodcast.com. If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Hello and welcome to episode 65 of the Maker Mom podcast. This week's guest is Jennifer, also known as Miss DeWalt. Uh, Jennifer is pretty much on all the social media platforms, probably even a few that you've never even heard of. And currently she is really blowing up on TikTok and LinkedIn. Um, And so I wanted to snag the opportunity to get to chat with her, find out more about her journey to becoming a maker and um, about being a mom of two while doing that and also being a widow. So I think she really shares quite a bit of her journey and I think you will get a lot of value out of listening to how she made it work and her thought process um, behind it and uh, learning that, you know, she leads with uh, the right intent in mind and that's really all you need to do to get started and to be successful. All right, so without further ado, here is Jennifer or Miss DeWalt. Okay, well, why don't we just start with a little introduction about yourself? Who are you? What do you make? That type of thing. Okay, well, my name is Jennifer Klein and I am currently a flag, predominantly a flag maker. However, I have a passion for upcycling and recycling, and I have in the last few months found TikTok and really um, enjoy that platform. And so you're going to see flag making on my Instagram and those channels, but you're also going to see a love for grabbing things off the street and redoing them in an unexpected way. Perfect. And how many kiddos do you have? I have two. Okay. What are their ages? I have a daughter, Justine. She's 23. And I have a son, Cameron, who is 15. Okay. Uh, So um, getting closer to that empty nest anyways. Correct. Yeah. Correct. I'm thinking that I'm probably a little different than maybe some of the moms listening that are struggling with obviously my children are self-sufficient, you know, I don't need to change anybody's clothes or diapers or anything. They can, if they're hungry, they can make food for themselves. However, I am a widow and I've, I've been a single, the only parent, um, for both of them for quite some time for 11 years. So I think my struggles as a maker mom would probably have that aspect to it. Mm-hmm. Being only the sole provider right. for both of them. Right. No, no secondary parent to kind of help distract them and stuff. Right. It's just all on me. Yeah. Um, Well, let's go before we dive too much more into like the making and and mom side of things. Let's go back a little ways to your childhood. What was your childhood like? Oh, I grow up. I had a wonderful childhood and I've always been a creative person and I have to give my mom a lot of credit. She was a nurse, but while we were growing up, she took years off to, to raise us. But looking back, you know, a lot of things like as moms were like, oh, you know, my kid's making a mess, (laughs) you know, she, I was just Jenny, the mess maker. And she really fostered that she didn't discourage me from, obviously she wanted me to clean up after myself, but you know, our kitchen, I had a little table that was forever filled with scraps of glue and she really encouraged me to be creative. And now as an adult, I talked to some of her friends. My mom passed away um, 23 years ago. So I, I'll hear stories about my mom from my friends and they'll all say, you know, we came to your house and, and boy, we'd look at that little mess over there and think, dang, this kid could sure wreck the house. But your mom was always had a twinkle in her eye and would say, oh, my Jen is just so creative. So um, I had a very wonderful childhood. I had, a, a, you know, the typical dad went to work, mom stayed at home during those years. Um, but we were always, you know, encouraged to be our own people and to create. And 
I just, I, I can't say anything bad about my childhood. Just the all American dad was a welder. Mom was a nurse, uh, you know, middle, middle class American family. Okay. Uh, did you have any siblings? Yes. Two sisters. Okay. Are they kind of creative as well or did they go different routes? Um, not one's very athletic. One is very creative in that she loves photography. Okay. And she has beautiful writing and penmanship. And if ever I have a project where that's required, I'll, I'll enlist her because my writing is like a, a serial killer. <laughs> So I'm like, Lisa, please, you know, there was one time I made ornaments and I'm like, please come over and print on the back because my writing is horrendous. So she is probably between the two sisters. Um, Lisa is more creative, but actually looking at all three of us, I'm seeing that we all have, we inherited from our mother, like the trailblazing gene. I'm quite proud. And I think my mom would be very proud of how we've each in our own little areas of the world have tried to make changes and speak up where we feel we are needed. Okay. All right. I can credit that to my mom. <laughs> without it, without awesome. It. Awesome. Well, what was post high school like? Where did you go after high school? So probably as most 18 year olds, um, I really, I remember crying to my mom, mom, I have no idea how, I'm only 18. How do I know what I want to do with the rest of my life? And being that I always loved creating, I've always loved fashion. Um, when I was a child, I would take our old Bobby socks that kind of, that would uh, fold down and they'd have that lace around them. When we would put holes in them, my mom would let me have them and I would sew clothes from Barbie dolls. Um, so I'd always loved fashion and always loved clothes. And I decided that I wanted to go to art school in Pittsburgh uh, for fashion marketing. And that is what I went to school for. And I loved it. I really did. Uh, Post-graduating there, I um, was immediately hired for Nine West Shoes. And I went into sales for them and I loved it. Um, however, you know, got married was pregnant. Retail hours are not very family friendly. And at that point I left my job. Um, and also my mother was battling cancer at that time. So just life circumstances kind of stepped in and I went away from retail and went away from my uh, fashion marketing roots. Okay. Um, where does, you know, the, the flag making and the upcycling, when does that kind of enter the story? That enters um, through twists and turns of life, which now looking back, I can see why I was there at that point and I met that person, so I was there. And, and now I can connect the dots, but I ended up going into, I'm a paralegal, so I ended up going into law and I ended up uh, having a job working for, um, the grand jury in Summit County, which was a high honor for me. I loved that job. And within that job, I worked with police officers all day long because typically the people coming in to testify for the grand jurors are police officers. Um, and that was the point where um, I worked with all of them. And one of my police officer friends, knowing that I had a handy background, asked me to make a, a thin blue line flag for him. So that is actually where my making started and how I got into flags. Uh, because that first flag, I was not quite happy with it. Um, I kind of wing it with every project I do. And I just kind of went to Lowe's and, and there was like a $5 box of laminate flooring. And I'm like, well, let's take that home and cut it apart. I didn't look online to see what anybody else did, of course. I'm just like, okay, that looks about good for the field. And that should be about good length. And so I created that first flag and I, it was good, but I wasn't quite happy with the proportions. So then I got the bright idea, what am I going to do with this flag? I already made it. So I ended up hanging it in my office. And then every police officer that would come in to my office to testify, I'd ask them to sign the lines. And so that was my very first flag. Um, the friend that originally asked for his flag, I made him, he got the second one. I was happy with that one. But as each officer came in, and they saw it, they wanted to put in orders with me. So that's how the flag business really started. Um, and with 
with making them, I also had requests for different styles. So for instance, my first thin blue line flag, all of my flags are named after the person that originally asked for that style. So Benjamin is my thin blue line flag. And then along the lines, Orion asked for um, half thin blue line, half American flag. So that style is called Ryan. And then I have a Michael and I have an Andrew and each different one. And then it helps me keep my orders straight too. Cause they're like, okay, I want Lauren, which is my typical American flag. That is Lauren. Um, so each flag has a name. Each flag has messages written inside. That's what makes mine unique. There are a million flag makers out there, but mine have just whatever I'm thinking at the moment, either it's a scripture or um, messages of gratitude, things of that nature. I write them inside the flag. So when the boards are put together, the recipient can't see what is written inside, but I know they're there. So that makes mine different. That's interesting. Yeah, um, I've heard of people doing that. My my sister-in-law, uh, they had a house built in Texas. Uh -huh. And when the framing went up, <clears throat> they invited um, all of their um, church friends and family to come yes. over and they all wrote scripture all over. The yes, house. isn't that cool? Yeah. So that's what I do within my flags. Okay. And not saying that nobody else does that, but I don't know of anybody else. Um, and that's why my, my Instagram and my Facebook pages that are tailored towards my flags are called blessed are the peacemakers because I write that scripture on the back of every flag. Okay. All right. Um, okay. So when, when did you get more into the kind of upcycling stuff? Hmm, how did that start? I just have always loved thrift shopping and bargains and garage sales and that type of thing. And I, I want to say that started not too long ago to where I thought, okay, I saw a need for that in making videos. I didn't see a whole lot of that going on. And I saw that there was a lot of interest in that. And especially with the environment and the way we're kind of moving as a society, I think that that is kind of becoming more of a hot topic to recycle or reuse. Um, I can tell you one of my favorite and one that went completely viral. Um, I found a couch on the side of the road. It was a beautiful, in my eyes, beautiful Victorian. It was put out for, um, to the curb for trash night. And it just was a fluke that I even was by there and saw it that day. Uh, but I grabbed it and I put kind of a preview on TikTok and it just went crazy. Everyone wanted to know, where's the couch? What did you do with it? When's it finished? And I thought, oh my gosh, I opened a Pandora's box because there's going to be a riot. Everyone wants this couch finished. So what I ended up doing with that was redoing it. I mean, as a piece of furniture, I'm not qualified. I don't know how to repolster um, and do that type of thing. But as far as like a shabby chic, um, kind of like a display piece, it's perfect. It would be perfect for someone that had a shop to put their merchandise on. What I intend on doing with it is uh, I'd like to build a greenhouse in the spring and I'm going to put it out there with my flowers. But I really, really, truly love doing that type of thing. And people have started sending and dropping things off for me. And, uh, you know, I'm, I kind of have a neighbor neighborhood reputation <laughs> as far as like I'm the trash lady. So I'll come home someday and like, you know, find things in my, my driveway that people dropped off. Um, and I totally love that. I love that people think of trash <laughs> or see trash and think of me. So it's really, um, that's actually kind of, kind of an honor for me that people want me to do, redo their, their things that they have around. Um, I have a cabinet, it's a beautiful wooden cabinet that a friend specifically reached out to me and said, you know, what would you do with this? So I said, oh, I'm seeing that as a bench. Take the drawers out, redo it as a, you know, turn on its side, make it a bench. And she's like, okay, would you like to do that? And I was like, Carol, I thought you were asking because you wanted to do it. And she said, no, I just wanted to see what you do before I agreed to let you have it. So I, I guess I passed the test, but <laughs> I really love doing that. I think that there's a need for that. And I think that people really like to see the before and the after. And I think they, if I have a part in making people look at things and maybe thinking twice about throwing it away, I would love for that to be part of my purpose. All right. Well, 
when you first started with the flags um did you intend to turn it into a business at that time nope i had no idea that that would follow i had no idea the things that would come my way because of it um it was so if i had any advice for someone that was going to be a new maker it would be to pick something that you genuinely love because if that takes off you're going to be doing that i've been doing flags (laughs) almost every day for the last three years so it genuinely has to be something that you are passionate about and that you love Um, were you, when you first did that first flag, were you sharing that on social media at that time? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. I just, did. Just like your own personal social media or? Yes. Yep. Okay. Um, I guess the question follows just, just why? I mean, what was the, um, just to share with people, you know? Or, I mean, were you pretty active on social media at that time? Yeah, so I was on Facebook and pretty much documenting everything anyway. Um, So it was just one of those, oh, hey, look what I'm doing now type of things. And the response was very positive towards it. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my orders initially came from the people that I know on Facebook, as well as the officers that I worked with. And to Mm -hmm. the point of where I've, I've, at times in my flag career, had like a two month waiting list and people don't, they're like, okay. And there have been a few people that contacted me last minute for a last minute gift and thought I had an inventory or I'll get that a lot. Can I come over to your house and look at your inventory? And I'm like, I don't have one. I've never had an inventory because I'm always working on a list, on a waiting list, you know, Mm -hmm. type. Um, That's just how I've always worked. So I'd like to get to that point where I have an inventory that people can, can come over and look, or I don't have to make them wait for a week to get their flag. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's how it goes. Is it still predominantly like your, your local area that you're selling flags to, or has, because of social media, has it gone beyond that? It's gone beyond that. I around, what holiday? I think it was a Labor Day. I'm on LinkedIn, as you know. Um, I posted a video of my flags, and for whatever reason, it got shared a bunch of times. And I had so many inquiries. Now, they didn't all equate to sales, but I had so many people messaging and asking about them that it was actually overwhelming. But I do ship my flags. Actually, I'm going to ship one today, and that is a LinkedIn connection. Okay. And it's also a police officer from New York that is retiring that worked at Ground Zero. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I absolutely, I'll make you a flag. It was a, it was a kind of a pain in the butt flag that I'm retiring the style because it's like a shredded, ripped up flag. And I'm like, please, if anyone else asks for it, I don't enjoy making it. <laughs> Yours is the last one. I said, but I can't tell you no. Right. Right. Um. It- at this point, what would you say, like, percentage-wise, are you getting orders um, of, from social media versus, um, you know, local people that you meet or know? Probably half. Okay. Probably about half, because I just went through my Christmas season of flags where most of them were... It was probably half and half, I have to say. The two, the one I'm shipping out today was LinkedIn, and then I have two outstanding, and those are both local people okay. that are friends. I come from a small town, so everyone knows everyone, and uh, those two orders are from people from my hometown. So this okay. actually split, but, but putting yourself out there definitely helps. Mm-hmm. Definitely helps. Okay. I don't have an Etsy store. People said, are you on Etsy? I'm like, I don't really need to. Mm-hmm. Maybe at some point I will do that mm-hmm. if the business dries up. But so far, I have enough people on my own. And through Instagram, I do have account um, orders through Instagram too. Mm-hmm. But I've just not had a need for like an Etsy store. So what social media platforms are you on? <laughs> I think that all of them. I think all of them, <laughs> all but of them. all of them. And this is where I struggle currently. 
because it's hard to have that many irons in the fire, but I almost feel like if you're going to be an online presence, you have to be, you really mm -hmm. have to be. I'm on Facebook, but I have my Facebook account. I have my flag account on Facebook. Then I have Instagram. I have two accounts. I have my Miss DeWalt that is more my projects and my love of tools. And then I have my Blessed Are the Peacemakers on Instagram. So those two there, Pinterest, YouTube, TikTok, LinkedIn, um, who am I forgetting? There are a few new video apps. There's uh, Triller and Like, but with two E's. I don't know what that's about. Um, there's Facebook's version of TikTok, which is Loop. Um, so I'm on all of those. But okay. luckily, I can take one piece of content and share it. But if you really want to do all of them well, you have to engage on all of them. And that is where there's only one of me and I have time, trouble finding time to do that. Mm -hmm. So is your flag, do you only have a flag account on Instagram and Facebook and everything else is yes. Miss DeWalt? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so at what for right now, what, what is gaining you the most traction? TikTok. Without uh, a doubt. What got you started on TikTok? Gary V. Do you know Gary Vaynerchuk? Oh, uh, yes, I do. Yeah. You have to know. <laughs> he was insistent on everybody either checking it out or if you had a business, you just had to be on TikTok. And I'm like, you know what? If he, I, I, I follow him. He has been, you know, he's like the Nostradamus. Right, <laughs> yes. <laughs> They'll show old clips of him and what he predicted, and then they're showing current day, and the man is dead on on all of them. So I thought, you know, if Gary V says I should at least check out TikTok, then I should at least check out TikTok. Mm -hmm. And I did, and far and wide, that is definitely is paying off for me. Mm -hmm. I did my stats from last month. And I had 2.6 million views in a month of my videos on TikTok. I don't know how many years, if you combined Facebook and Instagram and YouTube, I don't even know if I worked the rest of my life at the current pace, if I would have that many views for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. So obviously, because I'm getting the response I am on TikTok, I am putting my energy there. Mm -hmm. And actually, I think that is the platform where all of my strengths probably play off and come together the best. Mm -hmm. Are you on LinkedIn because of Gary V as well? No, I'm actually, well, I was on LinkedIn back in my paralegal days, but I really just had an account that had my basic work information and it sat dormant for a long time. Um, and it was because I was asked by DeWalt Socks, who is not DeWalt, the company, they're licensed to produce the socks. But at one point I was asked by them to be an influencer. And that was what got me back onto LinkedIn. And actually when I went back on LinkedIn, people weren't sharing, even like, a, what was that about two years ago? People weren't really sharing and creating their own content. It was more... They were sharing business articles and, that, mm -hmm. and the like. Um, and I really feel like I kind of um, bucked the system in that way because I was producing my own things and putting myself out there. And it was really pretty freaky. <laughs> it was really pretty scary, but I knew that I had to do that. And it, paid, it ended up paying off for me. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so do you currently then, like, do you work with sponsors as well? I would like to. I was not always handy. I had a husband who was a handyman. He, he actually was a maintenance man for a local college. And so we had the typical, you know, I did like the typically female things. I did the cooking and the cleaning and taking care of the house. He did the yard work and, you know, and, and worked with the tools and anything that needed fixed. Um, I would obviously let him take care of because he had all the knowledge. Um, but unfortunately, um, 11 years ago, he left for work and was killed on his way to work. Um, so I often say that I'm handy only out of necessity because 
it was in his absence that I was forced to do things for myself. And by doing that, I learned and, and I started small and did small things around the house and then ended up doing big things like building an addition and overseeing that pro designing and overseeing that project. Um, but it was in that, those years that I earned that handy reputation so that someday when my friend asked me to make a flag, he knew I was handy. How was I handy? Because I was forced to learn. Mm -hmm. um, so as far as sponsorships, I would like to be, but the reason I'm associated or, um, well, it was my husband's tools that he, he left that mm -hmm. were DeWalt that I was left picking up and teaching myself with. Um, and it was those tools that helped me make my first flags. And in making those flags, I'm posting things online. There was one picture that I shared with my police flags and I had a DeWalt tool in my hand. And one of my friends commented and said, you need to share this to DeWalt. Um, they need to use it in an ad. So I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. So I went and, oh, here's their Facebook page. So I went and liked their Facebook page and then I would get their alerts. And like a week, within a very short amount of time, I want to say like a week or two, they announced a show us your tough contest. And what you had to do was post a picture of yourself and tell how you use your tools. So I thought, perfect. <laughs> I had an advantage because I already knew I have a, I have a picture. I'm going to do the thing with the flag. Um, you know, I've already got the picture. I'm going to, I posted it on day one. Like as soon as that contest was open to people, I posted it. And then I also, for the next month, badgered and bugged every last soul <laughs> from my hometown and everyone I worked with because you had to have people vote for you. Um, so that is what I did. You know, everyone at work, I'm like, hey, did you vote for me yet? I like waged a campaign <laughs> because really from the time of that, that contest was open to everyone. I knew it was mine. I, I knew it. I felt it like in my goal or my gut. I knew that that I made it a goal and I knew it was mine. I saw myself there. Um, it was not even a question. I just had to put in the work to get there. Awesome. Um, and so then now you get to be uh, Miss DeWalt. <laughs> well, that is actually, I should say, um, luckily they have not said Jen, cut it out. <laughs> um, I earned that nickname from my friends because of that contest. They started okay. calling me that around work. All the police officers were like, hey, it's Miss DeWalt. And we kind of, at the beginning, it was ha-ha, like a joke because, and I don't want to say anything bad, but there is a Miss Makita. You're probably familiar, um, and I don't want to say anything bad about models or anything, but I feel like in this, you know, in, in the year 2020, I think that there should be more women in advertising, but I feel like the way they're portrayed should be different. Mm -hmm. um, certainly we can be feminine, but I feel like if you're, you're promoting a brand of tools, you should know how to use them. I'll just mm -hmm. leave it at that. So anyway, my friends started calling me Miss DeWalt because of that. And it, at first it was a ha-ha, you know, I'm older than, you know, the Miss Makitas are and, and, and all of that. But I'm, hey, I want to break stereotypes, so why not that one too? But um, yeah, so they started calling me that. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to own it. It got to the point where they were all calling that, me that. And I thought, you know what? I really like that name. So I thought, I'm going to own it. So I changed my Instagram personal account to Miss DeWalt. Um, and there, you know, Stanley Black and Decker is aware of me, but I want to make sure that I let everyone know that I'm not sponsored by them, them or endorsed or anything. Um, but it is a name that they've allowed me to use. And I, I think they kind of like it. <laughs> I think I'm representing them well. Mm -hmm. Hey makers, this week's sponsor is Wagner Spray Tech. Um, I love using my Wagner Spray Tech for an 0700 heat gun. It has temperature range of 125 degree Fahrenheit to 1300 degree Fahrenheit, and you can adjust it uh, up or down in 10 degree increments. It's pretty heavy duty, and it works well on all sorts of projects, just like their other two guns, the Ferno 300 and the Ferno 500. These heat guns are great for woodworking and resin projects. I use it a lot for my resin projects. 
and they can also be used for removing paint and flooring, bending plastic, thawing pipes, and more. And hey, I've even been using it to melt some crayons lately. There's over 101 uses for the heat guns. There's multiple adjustable settings, so it can suit any project need that you have. The Ferno 300 is a dual temperature heat gun. The Ferno 500 has 12 temperature settings. And like I said before, the Ferno 700 can range from 125 degrees to 1300 degrees Fahrenheit. So if you want to check out these guns and fall in love with them just like I have, go check out Wagner on Instagram at Wagner Spray Tech and follow along on all of their other social media platforms. All right, let's get back to the show. So they've allowed me to continue without shutting you down. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah. Um, okay. So currently, I mean basically do you make your all of your income from flags then if you're not working with sponsorship for yeah other content okay yes yeah right now it's just flags okay. i would like to get to that point because it is a lot of work you know even when i do a project there are supplies i need to buy and there is time that i put into it and i know on tiktok some creators are already making money from like doing the lives and doing things like that. I, I don't think that's right for me. I don't wanna make money from my viewers. I would rather make money. And I think the day is coming where they will monetize it somehow to where creators can be linked to a brand and get paid. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually doing all of this work, hoping that someday it does pay off. But Katie, in all honesty, like money is not, my main objective in doing mm -hmm. any of this. My main objective and goal is to change the way of thinking and the stereotypes for women that, that use tools. Um, I would like to see women in marketing. There isn't any of that um, other than Miss Makita. Mm -hmm. um, I just, I really feel like the whole industry is ignoring us. And I know there's a need for it because even on TikTok, 85% of my viewers are females. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I am touching the industry that I wanted to inspire finally. Um, that is my main goal. I want women to go, oh, if she's doing that, or she's fixing her toilet or her garage door or whatever it is I'm doing on my YouTube channel, I want them to, I want women to go on YouTube and see us and other makers using tools and they I think once they identify with us and think oh if she's doing it I can do it too mm -hmm. that is my main goal if money comes from that great if it doesn't oh well mm -hmm. my bigger goal is inspiring yeah and and I mean probably you know since I know you're a Gary V listener then you and and follower then you understand that um if your goal is not money, you tend to do a lot better anyways. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. And people assume they're like, Oh, you mean you're not sponsored? You're not getting, why are you doing this? If you're not getting paid? And I'm like, because I, it's not that, that part is not that important to me. Mm -hmm. I have other goals besides money. I'm my lights are still on. Um, everything's getting paid. Thank God. Um, I would, you know, it would be nice. I'd like mm -hmm. to be able to take my kids on vacation and I'd like to, you know, maybe get a newer car and that type of thing. But money is not my ultimate goal. And I, I kind of feel sorry for the people where that is their main goal in life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I started, I started sharing all of my content, um, kind of like you basically just so that other people could see me make it. Um, but also because um, I thought it was a value add for customers since I'm trying to make my own line of furniture and sell that furniture when I have the benefit of uh, knowing that customer, then I can send them like the YouTube video, like yeah. here's, here's me making it. So you can see right. like what went into making this product, you know, this right. table or whatever that yeah. you just bought. Um, and a lot of customers like that. So they can be like, okay, you know, they knew it was handmade, but 
but they actually could, there's a benefit in seeing, oh my gosh, there she is actually. And I do that too. I I take pictures as I'm making a flag Mm -hmm. and, you know, send a follow up picture because if they don't like it, I've never made anybody buy it. And it's been very few that they're like, you know, that they've not wanted the flag, but um, I, and then they send, I say, please send me a picture of it either hung up or if you're comfortable with you in it. And right. then I share that as well. Mm-hmm. And there's just so much more, you know, how do you put a price tag on that? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, let's talk shop space. So obviously you have Dewalt too tools, but I'm assuming you have other tools as well. Um, I do because <laughs> I'm working with what my husband left me. Mm-hmm. So like my miter saw is old as, as Moses, but <laughs> um, it's a Delta and I would like to replace that. So any new tools, because I've kind of built my brand around their brand, I'm going to buy, um, I'm not going to feature any other brand mm-hmm. or buy any other brand to have in my videos. And actually I've had, I've made friends along the way and they have sent me some free tools um, but as far as like getting paid per post, I don't have any kind of an agreement like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, a lot of my tools are from them, you know, or from my contacts that, you know, like my table saw and, you know, my sander and, and a lot of, of other things. Some tools were uh, won in that show us your tough contest. I got a very nice uh, six piece tool set. Um, but if I go out and purchase anything it is DeWalt brand. Mm-hmm. But I have, as far as shop space, I've converted. I have a, a large pool barn. It's 32 by 48, um, which is an outbuilding for people mm-hmm. that out west that don't might not call it a pool barn. Um, but it's nice. It has it's heated. It has a, a concrete floor and like a bathroom out there. But during the nice months, I'll go out there and I have a workspace. Um, it's much bigger than my basement, which is what I use in the winter time. Just because it's a big building, I don't want to heat it all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so during the winter, I'll kind of cart the tools that I absolutely have to have down into the basement. And I recently redid that last year because it was a dungeon. It was an uninspiring dungeon that I hated walking down to. And my workspace was basically a folding table, but I think as makers, like we have to start somewhere. Right. right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but if we look at the shabby conditions where we started, we're like, Oh my, I look at old pictures and think, why did I wa- wait so long to make it? Now it's beautiful. Now I walk oh. down there, ah! <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> angels sing, and it's welcoming and it's inspiring and it's a beautiful place. And but before it was like, oh my gosh, it was literally like a like a castle dungeon down there. But so mm-hmm. I'm lucky though that I do have two designated workplaces because I know a lot of makers are having to drive somewhere and working in storage sheds and like they're making it work wherever they can Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. backyard. Like some makers have to close up shop during winter because they're working out on their porch or what have you. So I am lucky in that I do have two designated places. Okay. Well, yeah, that is, that is nice. What, what are your like most go-to tools that you use most frequently? My drill. Okay. Every day I use my drill because that's what I'm using to attach um, my flags together. I'm using my, you know, my drill and and my impact driver to drive the screws. Mm -hmm. After that, probably my miter saw um, and then my table saw because I I make my flags out of um, heat treated. I know the source that they came, come from their heat treated pallets that I break apart, but then I have to rip the boards down. Mm-hmm. So probably my, after that would be my table saw. Okay. Those are like my workhorses. Mm-hmm. What's at the top of your list for like, I can't wait till I can purchase this tool. I want a new miter saw. Um, but as uh, there are like some fun things that I want. Um, and my, and, and I always have like a list. I would like, um, like fun things like a biscuit cutter or I want a router. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I want some more, uh, specific type tools like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a catalog that I'm like, okay, I want that. And I want that. And then people post things online and I'm like, well, I didn't know I wanted that, but now I do want that. <laughs> I, quit. I need 
<laughs> stay off like the DeWalt, you know, owners group Facebook yeah. pages because they'll post things I wasn't even aware of. I didn't even know there was like a hot glue gun that DeWalt mm -hmm. makes. And I'm like, well, now that I see it, I want that. Yeah. <laughs> but I could use, I really could use like a new brand, of like a Brad Nailer. Um, because I'm working with one that is, has an air hose and it's really a pain. I get tripped up in it and I've got to stretch it out and through the house like this. Can you see the pallet wall behind me? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, like I had to bring my portable air compressor up here. It's just a pain. It mm -hmm. really is. I'd like, I'm kind of leaning towards, um, getting more, uh, cordless. Okay. Cordless. Okay. But yeah. You know, as makers, we always have a wish list a mile long. Of course we do. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it will always stay that long, even once we, you know, start knocking things off that list. I know. And then there's tools you get and you're like, I didn't realize how much I needed that. Like my jigsaw, I have to give like an honorable mention to that because I didn't realize what I could do with that and how many times it saved me mm -hmm. in my projects. Yeah. So the MVP award goes to my jigsaw. <laughs> Um, be, you know, when, when your husband passed was, I mean, was that the first time you'd ever used a power tool? Yeah. Yeah. Did, did you have any level of, um, intimidation? Oh yeah. Most definitely. When he passed away, the pro see, we live in an 1818 farmhouse. I got to give you like a little backstory. Um, when I moved in, and this is his his family farm that has been in the family for probably over a hundred years. Okay. But he lived in it. He was a bachelor. He really didn't care that it looked nice or didn't look nice. Everything, you know, the walls were like horse and plaster or plaster and uh, lath. Mm -hmm. and that they made up like that. So if you go in and look at the wall, not only was it horrendous, the most horrendous wallpaper you had ever seen, but the walls were like ripply. It wasn't like just beautiful drywall. So every right. room we redid had to be completely gutted. So at the time of his accident, our living room was completely gutted, like down to the studs. And I have to credit a few friends. Um, his team of Kent State maintenance men came in and, and worked in, and got that room finished. Um, I had a very good neighbor friend who came and he's a very skilled carpenter and he helped me with projects like that. But it really, if he was here, I wasn't learning anything. Mm -hmm. And I honestly, in that, at that time, wasn't eating and sleeping and I was really in no capacity to learn anything, but it was when, and thank God for those people, they were like guardian angels that, that kind of swooped in. But when everyone went away and I was left here by myself and had to figure things out for myself that is when I really started to learn. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I tried to do was there's an old art. I can see it from here. There's an old archery stand that he used to shoot and practice with his crossbow, but it basically was four posts in the ground and it had like a roof and he would put bales of hay and shoot at his, at his targets. Um, but I, for whatever reason, decided I was going to turn that into a potting shed and put cute doors on it. And it has like cedar shakes and I was going to put my, you know, pots and, you know, gardening tools in there. So I drug everything out into the yard and hooked up extension cords and got out the miter saw and got out everything I thought I'd need, not knowing how to use any of it and praying, don't let me chop off my hand. And this is how naive I was and how little I knew. The last time he had used the miter saw, he had it shut and locked. I didn't know how to open it. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know. And I was like almost ready to give up because I'm like, I can't open the darn thing. How am I going to do this if I can't open this darn miter saw? So then I, I calmed down and I thought, Jen, take a look at it. Take a look at it and think about it. And I'm like, oh, I wonder what this thing over here does. And there was, you know, <laughs> where the lock, lock mm -hmm. is. So I twisted that and boom, the thing popped open. I'm like, okay, I'm in business now. And I just really tried to remember, and it was kind of my mantra, that with anything I was intimidated over during those months after Gary passed, 
you know, whether it was that saw or there was a tractor that I had to get on for the first time or anything, I would remind myself that this piece of equipment doesn't know it's me. Mm -hmm. It doesn't know it's me running it and not Gary. So just use it and Mm -hmm. have a healthy appreciation for what things can do. But you also can't be so afraid that you goof up because you're so afraid. So I just took everything with caution and tried to be you know, rational about it and thought, you know what, this saw doesn't know it's me and come on, game on, let's go. Mm-hmm. I did. And actually I look at that shed and it's been 11 years and I'm actually pretty proud that all my cedar shakes line up the whole way around it. I'm like, man, look what I did without knowing what I was doing. And mm-hmm. I joke, imagine what I could do if I did, <laughs> you know? man, I could build like skyscrapers if I knew what I was doing. I think each project you approach, you just have to figure it out. What's the worst that can happen, you know? Yeah. For, for the most part, if you're working with wood, the worst that can happen is a pile of scrap. And then you just right. go get right. more wood. I mean, yeah. I guess the worst that can happen is we can cut our hand off. But other than yeah. that, it doesn't turn out. So it doesn't turn out. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm working with is mainly stuff I've scavenged anyway. Mm-hmm. So, what did I really lose? I gained a valuable lesson. Maybe I messed up that piece of wood. Um, but that's how we learn. We learn through our mistakes. And each project, I just make a new one. And that's, that's, right. <laughs> that's right. Um, well, when you got started, your kids were definitely much younger. So they were, yes. how so did you manage all that? I look back and I honestly don't know how I, I did. Luckily, I'm not the kind of person that likes to sit around anyway. I always like to be doing something. Part of that is probably in the grieving process. You want to keep yourself busy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but definitely my kids. In the beginning, sometimes I think they might've been a little resentful that I was spending so much time working on my flags and, and that, but the tide changed. One day I had to take a flag and present it to the local AMVETS. Um, an anonymous person wanted me to, to gift that to them. So I took the kids with me to present that. And they were like, mom, that was so cool. Um, and then they, they saw, they could see what a difference these flags made. And they got to see the heroes that I was making them for. And I think that was a little bit easier for them to... Um, to maybe not squabble so much if I was spending a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, I also think it's really good though for kids to know that we are our own people and that we have our own hopes and dreams and for them to see us work hard and to go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, I guess moms shouldn't beat themselves up too much if they are following their dreams. Cause I think we are modeling for our kids. They need to know that they can do, with, with hard work, they can do what they want to do. How right. are they going to learn that if they don't see us doing that ourselves? Right. And that your life doesn't necessarily have to stop when you become right. a parent. Right. Yeah. Right. There have been times that they've been kind of embarrassed, I know, by me because um, they're like, Mom, you know, I, I really try... I, I try to portray the female aspect because I do have two sides. One minute I look like I crawled out from underneath a rock and I have on, you know, my overalls and no makeup and my hair is a mess. And then, but I can clean up and I can look very feminine. So I really try to portray both sides of that. But sometimes my videos might come off or my daughter might watch it. She's like, mom, like I might look, I'm not trying to be sexy, but maybe she sees that and is embarrassed. Um, but it's funny because I did do one video and she's like, mom, I'm really embarrassed. Well, then the next day, one of them went viral and took off and she was my biggest fan then. <laughs> it was the couch video. She's like, mom, that has a million views. And then I'm like, oh, that's nice. And then I'm going about my day not, and my phone's ringing off. The, she's like, mom, that has 2 million views. And I'm like, remember yesterday when you gave me a hard time about my party <laughs> that I did where I was trying to be funny and you were embarrassed. She's like, yeah, I know, mom, I'm sorry. But for kids, it's got to be hard when we are out in the public so much. So I do Mm -hmm. sympathize with them. You know, my son, he goes to school and he's like, 
yeah, mom, all my friends follow you. So, you know, he does have to hear things from them, but luckily they're all fans. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, mom, like he can't get away with anything. You know, they all know who yeah. I am and, and that. So um, that's, that's part of like the whole package. It's yeah. kind of tough with being a mom and being out there on social media. Yeah. My, mine are still young enough that they think it's really cool. Good. Mine are four and, or almost four and six and a half and, the other day, my son, who's six and a half, was like, I wonder if if my teacher follows you, because she should, you know, that Aww. type of thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, yeah, so that's, it's, it's funny, because right now, you know, they're big into, they like to consume YouTube and stuff uh -huh. like that. So they think, whoa, mom, you put stuff up on YouTube, like you're yeah. on YouTube. And I'm like, yes, but I am nowhere near Ryan's world and making billions of <laughs> Honey. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, see, my part of this came in when they were already past. It might have been easier for them had had they been younger and exposed to me doing this and kind of mm -hmm. going against what the traditional moms are doing. Right. Um. So yeah, but they've kind of they're like, okay, yeah, my mom and you know, and my son's like, hey, mom, there's this cute girl that I like, and she like, you know, and then then it was okay. He's like, yeah, there's this cute girl, and she follows you, and she thought that was really cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Well, so you kind of, I mean, you have a different, a little bit different perspective than you know a lot of the maker moms that I interviewed, in the sense that you know at least with your daughter, like she's a grown up. So, yeah. you know, what kind of feedback do you get from her now? That she, I mean, she's a grown up and she's, <laughs> I thought she's watched you become handy, you know, and yeah. watched you do this. Right. Yeah. She thing. would remember more than my son. Right. So here's kind of funny because she's not interested. And I, when she'll come over, I'm like, Hey, you know, mom, the air is low on my tires. I'm like, watch me do this because you need to know how to do this on your own she's like mom like she doesn't want to have anything to do with it right now but mm -hmm. it is really funny because she she has a boyfriend and she spends a lot of time with him and um they ordered he ordered this end table from like walmart or somewhere that was relatively easy to put together but she put it together and surprised him when he came home and it was funny because steven said well, where, why didn't you film a video of you putting it together? <laughs> and she's like, mom, I got to put up with his comments, but it's, it's all like in fun. Yes. Yeah. But she'll, it's, it's, it's cute though. Cause she'll say, you know, Steven said he saw this video. Did you like, I just did a JG Wentworth, like a parody video Yeah. where I made a penny bracelet. Do you know the, yeah, the one yeah. I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, but she's like, Steven said he saw that. So she, he's seeing them and telling her, and then she's asking me. So <laughs> it's just kind of funny, the, funny, the dynamics. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I said, Justine, we need to do that. We need to have film and do a video just for him of you putting something together kind of as a joke. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what would you say is your favorite part about being a maker? <sighs> I don't want to get weepy on you, but it's definitely um, making flags and making a product for people that I absolutely adore and admire and that I think are our heroes, without a doubt. Um, Christmas Day is always wonderful for me, not only because I'm with my family, but my phone starts going off because all of the people that I made flags for, are the recipients are now opening them on Christmas Day. And a lot of times, like I'm sitting here and I'll open my phone and I'm like, oh my gosh, my family has a booty. I'm like, look at this flag. <laughs> you know, there was one, one customer that, that has two sons in the military and one daughter who is a nurse. So I made flags for all of them. And she sent me a video of the three of them opening their, their gifts in unison. I was in tears. Um, so I guess for me, I, I find that very fulfilling. Mm -hmm. that it is my way of giving back to people that I truly, truly respect. Um, I do a lot of flags for, for police, for firefighters, for EMTs, and just people that like me that are patriots. I never served, but I'm as patriotic as the day is long. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think that for me is, is truly a wonderful gift. 
Awesome. What's your favorite part about being a mom? <laughs> Having my children, they're at the age now. You know, I always think kids are like the worst for their parents, but they're at the age now where people are coming to me and telling me um, good things about my children. I'm glad that I've raised them to be good people, <laughs> especially on my own. It hasn't been easy, but I think that's probably the best part, aside from loving them and you know being proud of them, but that I'm raising them to be good people that that people come to me and oh your daughter smile or oh she waited on because she's going to school but she's also working as a waitress and oh we ran into justine at rock knees and she's just so sweet and i love her personality and her smile i guess it's just hearing other people adore them as much as i adore them <laughs> <laughs> so i, I get that. i get that yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, there's nothing better as a mom. Oh, my, my child is special. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I thought so, but other people think so too. Like, That's what could right. be? <laughs> yeah, they're really turning out to be great, great, great adults. Mm -hmm. I'm very proud of that. Has there been any challenges uh, that you feel you've had to face um, by being a you know, woman maker and Absolutely. entrepreneur. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's why I press on, you know, it was kind of funny in the beginning because there are a lot of flag makers and, you know, Instagram is a wonderful, wonderful supportive community. Um, but in the beginning, I almost felt like I kind of got dismissed. Um, and then slowly I thought you know what I'll let my work speak for itself mm -hmm. and I would I do a lot of like different designs I've deviated from the the norm a little bit with my designs and I, actually a lot of that is what my people are ordering um but then slowly I let my work speak for itself and I feel like I gained more respect to where other flag makers were like referring to me mm -hmm. as like the guru, you know, mm -hmm. uh, that's really pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. That really is. But being a woman really is tough, even within our maker community, even though we're all really supportive, I don't know what the, there's always going to be Instagram police pointing out every little, you know, you didn't have a mask on when you were spraying that spray paint or, you know, like a lot of what we do is to photograph. So there might right. be like the photograph stage picture, which is not completely accurate depiction of what we really are doing. Um, so, but there is a lot of mansplaining that goes on. <laughs> um, a lot of, I get a lot of comments where I think maybe guys are, they think they're being complimentary, but they're not. They wouldn't say those same things. They wouldn't say, oh, I'm really proud of you because you wired that light, um, like if that was a guy's video. Right. Like, why mm -hmm. do you feel the need? Or like the, the <laughs> I had somebody, I'm like, Jen, just let it go. Let it go, don't even respond. But I was like, people will leave, well, you need to do it this way. And they're very critical. And I'm like, your advice isn't even right. Mm -hmm. um, that's hard for me, because I'm Italian and I feel like I gotta have the last say. <laughs> um, but I just, I have to go, Jen, let it go. Don't argue with people. They felt validated by saying their point. Let them feel special about themselves and that they're right. Let it go. And I don't have all the answers. I honestly don't know the correct way to do things. So sometimes people say things and they are right. Mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of times they just want to be heard and want to look important. And you just have to leave it at that. Um, but yeah, definitely being a woman you know, I, I feel like we are the trailblazers. We are at a time where, like I said, with advertising, there, there are not women represented mm -hmm. that I've seen. We are being completely overlooked. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. Also, I know I listened um, to your podcast with like going into to shops and mm -hmm. people assume you don't know what you're looking for. You don't know what you're doing. And I've been to Lowe's enough that they all know me by name. Yeah. But it's funny because like a lot of times the other customers will say things to me 
And I'm like, oh, but buddy, if you only knew. Right. <laughs> um, I've had comments the one time I had my cart full. And, you know, I did, I had just come from work and I had on a dress and I had on heels and I'm pushing around a cart of, of, uh, you know, laminate flooring and nails and, and glue and all that and paint. And one of the male customers said to me, well, you sure are keeping your husband busy with that to-do list. <laughs> and I wanted to say and make him feel like an idiot, like, you know, I'm a widow and, you know, and make him feel really bad. But I just said, no, these are things for me. Mm -hmm. I'm handy. And I left it at that. Um, but yeah, I get a lot of comments like from other shoppers because it's still kind of in the world we live in today. But it's going to take women like you and me leading by example and mm -hmm. changing the stereotype. That's just what it's going to have to take. Right. Yep. Exactly. That's why I have a passion for what I do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we come to the kind of last two questions. The big <laughs> one being what's, and I, and, and I think you really did already probably hit on this, but what would be your advice to a mom who wants to tackle a new skill? Whether it could be, you know, making or woodworking, but it could be sewing. It could be a whole wide range of things, but is hesitant to get started. Just do it. Just do it. Don't think that there's ever going to be a perfect day and age or that you're always going to have the right equipment that you need, or there's never going to be that perfect world that you have cooked up in your head. And most things actually are more intimida intimidating in your head than when you actually start doing them. You know, there's projects I know that you've probably done. That you're like, that wasn't so bad. Why was I so like, mm -hmm. we, we psych ourselves out of it sometimes. Just, just do it. Just start. No matter if everybody else is doing it, be your own person. Just do it. Yep. Absolutely. Just do it. Go for it. Don't let anybody stop you. Don't let any naysayers. In fact, use, I'm to the point in my life. I try to use the naysayers as fuel. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, so they're absolutely. helping me whether they realize it or not because my, <laughs> my band of support is wonderful and everyone wants to hear how great they are and how we love your projects and this and that but it's actually the people that want me to fail that are watching and laughing that I know are out there making fun those are the people that keep me going because mm -hmm. I am not going to let them say see we told you so <laughs> right just so ha 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 not nope. not going to be back on that uh, elementary school playground where right you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. So anyway, back to the maker mom. Maker moms just have to do it. Mm -hmm. Follow your heart. Trust your gut. Just do it. Okay. Good advice. Now, how can people find you on all of the interwebs? I know you're everywhere, but where should uh, where if should they, they find Google you? If they Google Mr. Walt, they could probably find me. Um, or on TikTok, I'm Miss DeWalt at Jennifer.Klein, C-L-I-N-E. Mm -hmm. Um, but probably any of those, if you just Google me, probably any of those would lead you to the other channels that okay. I'm on. Okay. And I'll make sure I have links, um, in the show notes so people can follow along with Thank you, you. To, to everything. Yeah. Thank you um, for that. Well, thanks for taking the time to chat with me this morning. I really appreciate it. I appreciate what your mission is. And I know it's in your heart to promote other mom. I know that you're, you're coming from the right place. So mm -hmm. I, for me, I appreciate what you're doing because we have the same mission. We most well, definitely do. Well, thank you for saying that. Thank I appreciate you. it. <laughs> thank you. Okay, again, that was Jennifer or Ms. DeWalt, and I will be including all the links uh, for all of her social platforms she is on uh, to follow along with her in the show notes. If you want to get to those show notes and you don't know how, make sure you are following along with the Maker Mom podcast over on Instagram. That's at Maker Mom podcast. The link in the bio there uh, can take you to the show notes for this episode and all of the past previous episodes, as well as there's a link there to head on over to Patreon and become a patron of the podcast. And you might ask yourself, well, what do you get if you're a patron of the podcast? Well,
but you do get some extra perks. You can get things like swag, like stickers and t-shirts. You also get the opportunity to be a part of the monthly online Maker Mom meetup that will be now hitting a schedule soon. I will be announcing that on Instagram uh, for the month of January, when to look out for that. Um, and also you just, you get a whole bunch of gratitude from myself because uh, the patrons over there definitely help keep me going. are part of the tribe. I go to them when I have new ideas and want to get their input for the podcast. And I also go to them and they get first dibs at helping to find uh, other maker moms to be guests on the show. So for all of you who are patrons, thank you so very much. I appreciate each and every one of you. And for those of you who simply just listen to the podcast every week, I appreciate you as well. I also appreciate when you reach out to me and you tell me how much you're enjoying the podcast or you have questions for me or suggestions for me. I love interacting with this community of makers. It is just fantastic. So thank you so very much for that. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen to it and leave a review, five-star review that helps get uh, more people to find us and uh, helps keep this going. All right. I hope you guys have a fabulous Friday and you're not getting the snowstorm that we are expected to be getting and a fabulous weekend as well. I will be... Um, knee deep head deep neck deep and multiple four-year-old birthday parties so wish me luck think of me often as i get through this weekend all right i will talk to you guys next week thank you for listening to the maker mom podcast you can connect with the maker mom community in the facebook group page maker moms and remember if you enjoyed listening to this episode please subscribe leave an awesome review and share this out with other maker moms you know Thank <laughs> you.